Hello, my name is Adam Pacitti from Cultaholic.com, and you're listening to Pinned, a pro wrestling podcast. You love it. What is going on, guys? Welcome to Pinned, a pro wrestling podcast. My name is Austin, and for this episode of Pinned, we're going to be talking about the superstar shakeup from this week's Raw and SmackDown Live results. And I am not joined by Chad today because Chad has chosen to take a personal day uh, for this specific episode, and I will be taking over the reins for this episode by myself. And I am very excited to talk about this because a lot of shit happened. A lot of shit happened that I really want to talk about. So we'll really quickly just get into Monday Night Raw, where we had the first half of the Superstar Shakeup, and there was a lot of stuff. So real quick, we opened up the show with Stephanie McMahon and Shane McMahon. And they were getting the crowd all heated. There was a lot of great heel work. Uh, Montreal was very much hitting uh, Shane throughout the entire week with CM Punk chance uh, because of his best in the world nickname, which I got to say, because I've seen a lot of comments about like a lot of people being sick of the whole like, oh, stop chanting CM Punk's name. Like, it's such a fucking thing. Yeah. And I and I totally understand that because CM Punk's chants are completely uh overused for a lot of things. I think that chant for certain shows and certain moments gets thrown out way too easily because people just want to chant CM Punk to get people riled up or just to get themselves over. And I feel like it's used way too often in terms of like, oh, this is shit. And so let's chant CM Punk when a lot of the times the stuff that they're chanting CM Punk at is completely fine or just average at best. In terms of this, and I know a lot of people instantly get like, triggered when they hear CM Punk's name. Um, me, of course, I'm I very publicly a CM Punk fan, um, but not one that's going to like just scream and shout at people for being like, don't make fun of CM Punk. Because honestly, like I totally understand if you don't like him, that's fine. But he was cool to me. And uh, for this, though, for the CM Punk chance at Shane, it to me, it makes sense because, I mean, for God's sakes, he's calling himself the best in the world. Like, I'm sure when they came up with that moniker during Crown Jewel for the World Cup, I'm sure they were like, man, whoever gets this title and is going to be named, we're going to name them best wrestler in the world or best in the world when they win this thing. Man, I'm sure they I'm sure they weren't that like dumb or like naive to think, nah, there's not going to be any chance about CM Punk about this. It's not like he used this moniker for the biggest part of his career in this company. There's no way they're going to chant that. No, they knew, they knew this would happen. So they gave it in with Shane holding it. It just added fuel to the fire. So the CM Punk chance for this makes sense because it's heel heat that Shane is obviously picking up because now he's a heel and using that best in the world moniker. So I'm fine with people who chant CM Punk at Shane because it makes sense in in terms of the storyline, in terms of his character, and in terms of the fact that he's calling himself the best in the world. And the last guy to do that, like consistently, besides Chris Jericho, was CM Punk. And while Shane and Stephanie were getting heat from Montreal, The Miz was the first person to be shooken up to Monday Night Raw. He came out and attacked Shane from behind to get revenge and they beat the crap out of each other. Miz got busted open on the side of his head. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was when he got thrown over the barricade or if it was just in general when he just like brought out the steel chair. I don't know if he clipped himself or what happened. All I know is he got busted open on the side of his head, and it was a 
It seemed like a decent sized gash because he got he got busted pretty good. Um, but um, last year, Miz was shooken up to SmackDown, and now he's back on Monday Night Raw. And I'm excited because I think Miz has been doing some of his best work recently, and I've just I'm really excited to see what they'll do with him. And I think I don't know if there's really I can't think of off the top of my head like some feuds that I want to see Miz get into. Obviously, we're still pushing for this Shane and Miz feud since it didn't end at WrestleMania, so that's going to continue for a while. But either way, I am very much excited to see what the Miz will do. And then right after that, we had. The oh-so-trending topic of what happened during this tag team, uh, this uh, this uh, tag match. We had uh, The Revival. Well, no, we had Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, the Raw Tag Team Champions, teaming with Ricochet and Aleister Black to face off against The Revival. And The War Raiders making their debut on Monday Night Raw from NXT, but they weren't called The War Raiders. They were not called that, and they weren't even called War Machine. They weren't called that either. They have been renamed as I shit you not, and so many people know this already, but let's just get it out of the way, the Viking Experience. And I'm just going to let that sit there because what the actual hell. So now Hanson and Roe have been renamed Eric and Ivar. What the fuck, Vince? And I know, I know, I know it's from the writing staff on the main roster and it's from Vince because Vince is the main guy who will change names of shit that doesn't need to be changed. The War Raiders was fine. Like, people were already being the kind of uppity about War Raiders, their War Machine. But when they debuted on NXT, there was already a tag team named Heavy Machinery. So that would be two machine tag teams on the same brand. So having them change to the War Raiders, it still got across the same style of name. It, it, like, it was easy to remember, and it wasn't like a big change, so the fans were overall fine with it. And it made sense in overall. From going from the War, war Machine to War Raiders to the Viking Experience... That's like going from like bar to bar, like you're going bar to bar drinking with your buddies and then one minute you take a dive down to an alleyway and find some coke behind a dumpster and decide, yeah, I'm going to go down this route this time. I could easily continue drinking with my friends, but no, I'm just going to go down this coke-filled highway and just completely fuck myself up. What the actual hell is that name? Either way... The Viking Experience and The Revival got the victory over Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins and Ricochet and Aleister Black. Now, the, the, I'm not, I'm not gonna get used to fucking calling them this. I'm not. The Viking Experience obviously got the victory because it was their debut on Monday Night Raw. But at the same time, this makes Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins still look like shit while they're holding the Raw Tag Team titles. Because their first, because... They were on a winning streak when they first won the titles after they beat the Revival, but now they've all of a sudden lost, so it's not, we were all thinking, well, at least I was personally thinking, okay, they had their losing streak, well, Kurt Hawkins had his losing streak, now they're going to pick up a streak of wins for a couple months, and then they'll eventually lose the titles. No, they've already lost their first match um, as Raw Tag Team title champions two weeks after WrestleMania. So, once again, the Raw titles look like utter shit, and... It's just because that division desperately needs a recharge. 
Same thing goes for the SmackDown tag, SmackDown women's division. That needs a fucking restart and recharge immediately. But thankfully, some stuff happened later in the night that would hopefully change the tides. But bottom line, Vince, you've made some stupid fucking name changes in the past. Uh, most of which involve either taking out the person's first name or last name, so that way they just have one single name. Alexander Rusev going to Rusev, Apollo Crews being renamed Apollo. This shit has happened way too many fucking times. The most recent one being Mustafa Ali just being named Ali. So overall, those changes, while stupid, we could get over because it's just like they still have their name, but it's now just one single name and not just like changing their name entirely you changed eric i mean you changed hansen and roe to eric and ivar which ivar is the dumbest fucking name i've ever heard for a wrestler period i'm sorry who the fuck names their wrestler ivar that is not a name i don't know what the fuck that is but that is not a name i don't care if it's a cultural thing i don't care that is not a name that belongs in my wrestling show and the Viking experience, no tag team should have the word experience in their name. You think Undisputed Era would get over if they were the Undisputed Experience? Because I sure as hell don't think that would happen. And the experience memes have been flying nonstop, non-fucking-stop on social media. It's been absurd with how much this has become a thing. And I guarantee you, Vince probably just changed their name just to fuck with us. But at the same time, it's also very possible that the USA Network just changed it because they didn't want the word war and a tag team name which makes no fucking sense whether it was vince's decision whether it was the usa network's decision whether it was i don't care whose decision it was it was fucking stupid and i think this is gonna hurt the the war raiders the viking experience it's gonna hurt them in the long run because how seriously can you take a team named the viking experience you can't take a team named that that seriously. We may because we know it's War Machine. We may be able to take it seriously because we know what this team can do or because we've seen them on NXT. We can take them seriously because we know how talented they are. But for the casual viewer, how the fuck are they supposed to care about a team named the Viking Experience? It almost makes War Machine dead on arrival on the main roster. It almost makes it that way because of the name change. Because now nobody's going to take it fucking seriously. So congratulations, you may, you may have possibly, we don't know this for sure, but you may have just killed War Machine before they even gotten started. As soon as they walked out, you may have just killed their momentum. So congratulations on that. I hope to God they can somehow work with that name, but I genuinely don't think they can. Because who could work with a name like the Viking Experience? We are not in the 80s anymore. We are not in the like the early 90s. This is not even the 80s. This is early 90s bullshit that we would get away. That's that's the kind of era that this sounds like it came from. And that era was not good for WWE or WWF. I don't care anymore. Just fucking Jesus Christ. This is one of the worst decisions. Uh this is the worst decision in WWE of the year, I think. Genuinely. I think this was the worst decision. Quickly getting off of that. We had Cedric Alexander joining Monday Night Raw, which was pretty dang cool. I mean, Cedric honestly doesn't f doesn't have much to do in 205 Live. And I think, honestly, being on 205 Live has kind of hindered him because when you look at what he did in the Cruiserweight Classic, that guy fucking blew everybody's minds in the Cruiserweight Classic. So much so that Triple H, when the crowd was chanting for, for WWE to sign him, Triple H had to come out and be like, we got it, we got it, we got it. And he kind of, he, he was, he's a former Cruiserweight champion, which is cool, but 
he no nobody really remembers his title reign unless you watch 205 live uh, a lot which a lot of people don't um and i just think that he's that kind of babyface character that could do something on the main roster like not just on 205 live but just on raw or smackdown so i really want to hope that Alexander that uh Cedric Alexander will actually be able to do some good work on Raw because I want to see that because that's that guy can fucking go, but I'm just scared that he's gonna get like the TJP uh like treatment where on on like after when he won the Cruiserweight Classic he cut a heartfelt non scripted promo about about overcoming adversity and all this kind of stuff and then when he came on raw he spoke a nothing meaningless promo that was obviously written by a handful of writers and approved by vince mcmahon so either way i hope cedric can find some i i hope cedric can get something done on the main roster then we had finn balor taking on andrade who was making their Raw debuts, who got shooken up. Andrade and Zelina Vega. There's another example of another name that got fucking changed. Andrade Cien Almas, just Andrade. Which, okay, fine. But at least not the Viking experience. So we had a really fucking good match between Andrade and Finn Balor for the, uh, not for the title, but Andrade picked up the victory on Finn Balor, which does a lot of good for Andrade. And I really hope that this is what they're pushing for the next pay-per-view, which I think... Is it Money in the Bank, or did they get rid of Extreme Rules? I honestly don't even fucking know anymore. Their pay-per-view schedule has been so changed because now we don't know what's going to happen if the brand split is even going to be a thing anymore with the whole Fox Sports thing. So I genuinely don't even remember what the fucking pay-per-view schedule is. You know what? Real quick, I'll just look it up. I just need to make sure I know this so that way I don't um, so I don't like screw this up. So either way, um, I was very much uh, happy with this match. Even though I'm a big Finn Balor guy, I was very happy with this match, but at the same time, yeah, it is money in the bank. So there is no, oh no, Extreme Rules is after Backlash. Okay, got it. All right, either way. So, yeah, I was happy with this match, even though I'm a big Finn Balor guy, um, but I think Andrade is a guy that could really do a good segment with Finn, and I think Andrade was one of the one of the better switch-ups that they did for the shake-up. And I think he'll be one of the guys that really gets some uh, gets some good moments while he's on Monday Night Raw. And then we had Elias once again. Um, he drew, drew heat from Montreal when he made fun of the Canadians not making the NHL playoffs. Got booed like a motherfucker. Like it was very much like his having a basketball team in Seattle uh, line with Kevin Owens, where he got booed for nearly five minutes. I want to say, but. For this one, he got booed a lot, but he pushed through it really quickly. And then, Ray, excuse me, Rey Mysterio got shaken up and brawled with Elias for a little bit, and then he stood tall until Lars Sullivan came out and attacked Rey Mysterio. And I'm, I'm kind of enjoying. I'm like, as much as Lars Sullivan to a lot of people and myself included isn't the most interesting character. Um. I mean, I do like what they're trying to do to get him over. I mean, they're having him attack legends. It's an easy way to get a monster like him over. It's, But it's also very similar to like a Randy Orton legend killer thing. I don't know exactly how Lars is going to play out on the main roster. Just because of the fact that his character in NXT wasn't one that anybody really enjoyed. Um, and I don't know if his character is going to be one that most people enjoy on, on the main roster. Um, I am happy that he made his debut eventually after having his uh, anxiety attack. I mean, I am happy that he finally made his debut, 
But at the same time, I don't know exactly how well he'll perform. I, I'd like to see him perform well. I just don't think he would. Not, I'm, I'm not 100% positive if he will. Um, but I would love to be proven wrong on the fact. But having him attack Legends, that does, that does some good work for him at least. Uh, then we had Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, uh, who lost, uh, who, uh, who uh, came out with cutting a promo. Couldn't even tell you what they said. Honestly, and then we had uh, the Usos making their switch to Monday Night Raw, and this was after they dropped the tag titles to the Hardys last week on SmackDown, so now they're on Raw, and then they picked up the victory over Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. This is the team that I'm very happy is switching over, because the Usos have been solid for years, and have put on great match after great match after great match, and for a tag team division like what Raw has right now... Having the Usos like genuinely puts a big ass band-aid on that division because the Usos are by far uh one of the best decisions to switch over to the over to the Raw side because Raw needs somebody like that. Like I would be perfectly uh okay to see uh the Usos face off against the Viking experience. As much as that name still bothers the shit on me, I would love to see those two face off, those four face off, because I think they could put on a really good match, and I think maybe that would be a good way of getting um, getting uh, the the Viking experience over a little bit to have them put on a good match with the Usos. I could be wrong because again, that name is unbelievably stupid. I'm not gonna get over it. Like I'm gonna go through this whole episode and I'm not gonna get over it because why? Why? why it was it was perfectly fine it was like it didn't need to be changed okay but yeah usos beat chad and G- chad, chad gable and bobby Roode, and yeah it was a it was overall it was really well done and uh i was i'm very happy to see the usos back uh well actually not back on raw i'm just happy to see the usos on raw because i think they're gonna really help that division that tag division then we had a moment of bliss with my fucking boy Sami Zayn. comes out to his Quebec crowd, they were all on Sami Zayn's side. Sami was working the crowd like crazy, singing his theme song. He let, he would have them replay my, his theme song over and over and over again so they can sing. He even got, yeah, I think they, three times I think he had them play his theme song so that way the crowd could sing to it. And then also had them sing the Ole 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 chants. And he's like, look, I got them like hook, line, and sinker. Look, I can keep I can keep this going as long as I want. And he absolutely just berates his crowd, saying, I may have been born here, but I do not live here. Like, these are not my people. And he's just playing this cynical, just dickhead heel character, and he was just rolling with it. The crowd was chanting loudly for Kevin Owens, and he just once again... Ended the segment just saying, see you in hell. I, I, like, I need a, I need a Sami Zayn see you in hell shirt. Like, now. Somebody needs to get on that. I want that to be his new catchphrase. Because, holy shit, he is fucking running with this. And this was my favorite part of Raw the whole time. It was just so well done. It was so well done. And I'm very happy that this is happening because... Sami Zayn, when he first left uh, with an injury, was like on his way out, it seemed like. It seemed like his character was about to get taken out back and shot in the head after his segment with Bobby Lashley. 
Like that, that should have been a career killer. But because Sami Zayn is such an amazing uh, worker and such an amazing just figure and can really work a crowd and really knows his character, he's managed to come back from this injury and he's come back hot as hell, at least against that Montreal, that, that Quebec crowd. So I'm very happy that he's getting this kind of response. I know it's in his hometown, but at the same time, I really hope this continues out throughout the rest of his uh, time now now in Raw because a guy like Sami Zayn is a guy that works his ass off and gives it everything he has, and I really want to see him just do great things on the roster. After that, we had Naomi and Bailey versus the Iconics, um, and the Iconics... Uh, took the loss because Naomi came over from SmackDown, which does help the Raw division a little bit, and I think it's a good little switch for Naomi because I feel like she was starting to grow stagnant on the SmackDown side, so I think it does a really good job of reinvigorating Naomi. Uh, considering the fact that like the the like the six biggest the the six top women on SmackDown, a good amount of them have kind of either fallen to the wayside a little bit or they've moved brands. So I think Naomi making the switch is a good decision. Um but yeah, um, the whole uh, Bailey and Sasha situation has grown and grown and grown and grown. Uh, more so, I think, from Sasha because Sasha seems to like want out and want out fast. Um, I'm not exactly sure if that's the full case on Bailey's side. Which, by the way, like all the people that are giving Bailey and Sasha so much shit for wanting to leave or like complaining about what happened at WrestleMania. Like, I feel like a lot of people are way too, like, they're, like, way, they're being, like, unnecessarily, like, why are you complaining to Sasha and Bailey? Like, I get it. They had a WrestleMania match. They had the women, they were the first ever women's tag champions. Um, But put yourself in their shoes. Like, you were promised uh, a run as the first ever tag champs for the women's tag champs or first ever champions. Like say you brought out a new title. You were the first champion. The, the company promised you, or at least told you, yeah, we're going to have you guys hold it for a while. So that way we can make these belts legitimate. And then in a last minute decision, they decide to take the belts off you in a, just in a swerve move. It seemed like that's because to a lot of people, that's what it seemed like. It was a very much a swerve mood. I'll even I'll even say that it seemed like a swerve mood. Granted, I love the Iconics, and I think that they're a really good fit to hold those titles, and they've been doing good with them as they've held them for these last couple weeks. But I I will 100% agree that it was a swerve move because there was really not a lot of build in towards of that in terms of them getting the titles. Most of the stuff they did was just like backstage TV segments. So I'll 100% agree that it was a swerve move. And I can I can see why they'd be upset about that. I mean, like it's granted it happens a lot. I mean, it's something that a lot of people should see coming, but it doesn't it doesn't make it any easier. You can still be upset about it. And if she wants to leave, she can leave. If Sasha wanted to leave to go to AEW or just to leave to go to a different division, she has every right to do that. And you have no right to criticize her on that decision, I feel like, because that's her personal decision. She's done a lot in, on Raw. She's done a lot on the, on the in the WWE. If she chose to leave, she chose to leave. And I feel like people are being unnecessarily like rude to Sasha and Bailey on this just because they've been on they've been on the top of the women's division for a very long time, but because they lost their titles, they they're seeing it as it's like crybaby shit, which I don't think that's the case. I think people are being 
unnecessarily rude to these two. And if they want to leave, they want to leave. Like, that's fine. Like, I, there shouldn't be a reason to care so much. I don't see why so many people are so like, why are you complaining? It makes no sense. But either way, um, Bailey, uh, Bailey and uh, Naomi went over on, uh, on the Iconics. And it was okay, honestly. Um, and honestly, the next part of the show was the part that drove me the most crazy. We had EC3 coming out. And then he asked for some competition and was rewarded with Braun Strowman, who just destroyed him. And the match didn't even start. And then he took him up the ramp and threw him off the stage and then just stood above him. Braun stood above him and then Becky Lynch came out right afterwards. What the fuck was the point of this segment? There was literally no point of this. If the point is to have a feud with Braun Strowman and EC3, okay. But, I mean, it doesn't really make EC3 look great in terms of, like, pushing this forward. It's not like EC3 came out and ragged on Braun Strowman, and then Braun Strowman's response was to beat the shit out of him. It wasn't like, oh, Braun Strowman chased after EC3 after he talked shit, and then EC3 got the shit kicked out of him, but got away just slightly, and we're going to continue this on the next week. It wasn't like that at all. He came out, asked for competition, got Braun Strowman, and then Braun Strowman just beat the shit out of him and then walked away. And then Becky Lynch came out like a second afterwards. And it really just continues to ask the question, why the fuck did you bring EC3 on the main roster? What was your purpose? What did you have to gain? Apparently, either you didn't think he was ready or you had no plans for him when you brought him up. Which, if you had no plans to, for him whatsoever when you brought him up on the main roster, why the fuck did you bring him up in the first place? Because if you don't have any plans for an NXT guy that you want to bring up, if you have nothing planned out, then keep them there until you have those plans. If you have no plans, then they need to stay in NXT until you figure out what the fuck you want to do with them. You had nothing planned whatsoever. He had a few like jobber matches or a few matches on SmackDown against or on Raw against Dean Ambrose or something like that. But at the same, he just he did nothing. He had no segment. He had no feud. He had nothing. And if he did, it's nothing memorable. Nothing memorable whatsoever. And it makes my head hurt because EC3 is a fucking guy that you can work with as a big heel and I don't understand why it is that he was brought up to the main roster if you had nothing planned for him don't fucking use him keep him at NXT until you have an idea of what you want to do with him but you've just brought him up and now you've killed his momentum immediately like why the fuck should we care about EC3 now you just had him get like destroyed by Braun Strowman why the fuck should we care about this feud? We already know Braun can kick his ass. We've seen Braun kick his ass. Are we supposed to believe that EC3 is going to pick up a victory over Braun Strowman? Are we genuinely supposed to believe that? Because you guys aren't making it seem like we should believe that. So why the fuck should we? Ah, uh, Ethan Carter III, I am so sorry for you, man. I am so sorry. Like, I wish you were just still at NXT. And then we had Becky Lynch, Becky Two Belts. Uh, getting a match with Ruby Riot, 
and hit her with the disarmor. After the match, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan tried to attack Becky Lynch. Didn't work out. And yeah, Becky proved to be on top. I mean, she is the double women's champion. Um, but as for the Riot Squad, like, what the fuck, man? Like, I don't understand what it is that you have planned for these three. Like, they've been on, they were on SmackDown for the longest time. They were, they've been on Raw for the longest time. And they've got nothing to show for it. They've got nothing to show for it. The, the two, the only two members of Absolution have more to show for than the fucking Riot Squad. I don't understand exactly why you don't have it in your mindset that, hey, maybe we could try to get this whole thing going where, like, maybe Ruby's trying to go for the women's title or, like, hey, maybe fucking, uh, excuse me, maybe the the Sarah Logan and, uh, Liv, uh, and Liv Morgan wanted to go for the tag titles. And also, having Ruby Riot uh face off against Natalia and then uh, and then constantly using Jim the Anvil Nineheart as a way of getting heat didn't help her in the slightest. It really didn't help her at all. So everything that you've done to the Riot Squad these last couple months has not done them any favors. And they do not have any sort of staying power, it seems right now. And it's you have given them nothing. And everything that you have given them has been shit or average at best. So I don't know what it is that they want to do with the Riot Squad, but whatever they're doing now, it isn't working. <clears throat> and then after that, we had Natalia versus Lacey Evans uh, to face off to become the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Natalia pra- came out and praised Becky Lynch, uh, but said that she was still the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And then Lacey Evans came out. And then just tore both of them to shreds. And he, she said that I got word from the McMahons that uh, we'll be facing to determine Becky Lynch's number one contender for her Raw title. And it seems like that's the only title they're fighting for. But either way, um, she, uh, Lacey Evans got the victory, um, beating Natalia, getting the one, two, three. Um, this was a pretty predictable outcome because I don't think anybody in their right mind thought Natalia was going to be the person to go up against uh, Becky Lynch in her first major title defense with the two belts, even though it only seems like she's going to be defending the one belt, but all right, whatever. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest Lacey Evans fan. Like, I'd love to see her prove me wrong, but she did really bad in the Women's Rumble back in uh, January. So I have no reason to believe that she is ready, but I'd love to be proven wrong. Uh, Her promo, at least, was better than her ones that she's cut before, but at the same time, just not interested in Lacey Evans, but I'd love to. I'd love for her to show me something. I'd love that. And then we've had more creepy vignettes. Uh, we had once again that buzzard or what bird or turkey, whatever the fuck, popping out of the box and laughing. And then we also had a new one that was a dollhouse, and then this little doll that kind of looked like a like a the sister of Jigsaw from Saw, and rocking back and forth as more laughter was playing. And once again, it seems like, like, I don't, I see, I feel like there's no, like, I feel like everybody knows that this is going to be, be the return of Bray Wyatt. I feel like that's the only option, or at least the only thing that we have knowing that seems the most likely. But either way, I'm very much happy that, uh, I'm very much happy that Bray's coming back. I want Bray to do some good shit, but 
the vignettes have definitely been creepy in Bray's character, but the shit that they're doing is just like showing different, like creepy looking things that are laughing. But I mean, they're getting the point across at least a little bit, but I think it seems way too fucking obvious that it's Bray Wyatt. And if it's not Bray Wyatt, I could, I couldn't fucking tell you who else it would be. So it's gotta be Bray. And then we finished off Monday night raw with the main event. We had Bobby Lashley, Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and the new, uh, the final uh, member of SmackDown being shaken up to Raw, AJ fucking Styles. AJ Styles, who made SmackDown Live the house that AJ Styles built, is now on Monday Night Raw. And he shaved his goatee and he looked fucking weird. That's besides the point either way. Uh, This match was really good. And by far, this was the biggest name to make the jump from SmackDown to Raw. And it was a really, really good one. And having him team with Bra- with Roman and Seth, kind of like a new Sword of Shield, even though I guarantee you that's not what they're going for, um, was a really cool way to close off the show. I thought this was a really good closer for Raw. I was very happy to see it happen. And yeah, it just it worked really well as a way to close the show. The match was great too. Um, and then also we have the whole Shield uh, final send off that they're doing in on sun on this Sunday. Uh, and as far as I know, the rumors of the people that they're facing are Bobby Lashley, Baron Corbin, and Drew McIntyre, which, oh boy, that's exciting. Cool. It really doesn't make a lot of sense as to why they're doing this. I mean, it's cool that they're doing it, I guess. I mean, I know how much The Shield is such a big thing for WWE. It was one of their biggest things they had in, like, the 2010s, but it, I mean, it doesn't really add too much, but either way, Either way, it was a this was just a cool way to close off the show. So moving on to SmackDown Live. Uh, and then uh, on SmackDown Live, uh, ooh shit, what happened? Uh, oh yeah, here we go. On SmackDown Live, we had uh, oh yeah, also obviously with Alistair Black and Ricochet, they've been confirmed that they're gonna be staying on Monday Night Raw, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, we had uh, Vince McMahon like before the show even started was making an announcement that they had the biggest acquisition in SmackDown live history, which, okay. I mean, there was a lot of people's in their minds that like a lot of people didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but either way, uh, it was, uh, it was interesting to see what was going to happen, uh, overall, but we opened the show with the Kevin Owens show bringing out Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Biggie is sadly out with an injury. Um, but they had a really good opening segment that was pretty funny. Uh, Xavier Woods, who voiced his grievances on Smack on uh, Twitter during Monday Night Raw of how all of his up-up-down-down brethren were being moved to Monday Night Raw, he once again complained on the Kevin Owens show, screaming, I swear to God, if I don't have Tyler Breeze by the end of this show, I'm going to lose my mind. Because he lost the Usos and he lost AJ Styles. So a lot of his up, up, down, down brethren are now no longer on the same show as him. So after that, we had uh, Kevin Owens talking about how he wanted to be join the New Day. And they were asking him, can you swivel your hips? Can you, can you be able to like do all these kinds of things? He, that he was nicknamed Big O. They gave him a tank top. Well, yeah, they gave yeah they gave him a like a tank top sort of shirt, but it was way too small on him. Um, 
And yeah, so and it was announced that they were he was going to be their tag team partner for tonight, which was so fucking good. I love Kevin. Like Babyface Kevin has been a ton of fun because he's still hilarious as always. Um, obviously, in his home, in 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 the crowd of in the still the Canadian crowd, Kevin Owens just was just oozing in that crowd of Montreal, and. Oh my God! When they were just chanting "weed" constantly, he's like, "That means yes." It was it, his promo too that he cut in French Canadian was really fucking good too. He he spoke with passion. I don't know what he said, but either way, he spoke with a lot of passion. So it was confirmed that the New Day, now joined with Big O, Kevin Owens, would be facing off against the Bar. Uh, well, no, it was it was Cesaro, Rusev, and Shinsuke Nakamura because Sheamus wasn't there for some reason. And then we had uh, the uh, we had the next we had the first real shakeup from Raw to SmackDown. Finn Balor bringing his IC title was switched over to SmackDown Live. And right when I thought, oh hey, Finn Balor versus Andrade would be a really good segment, they move him over to SmackDown. Okay, fine, I'll get over it. We had Finn Balor facing off against Ali in a really good match. Finn Balor would get the victory. And honestly, I'm not too upset about the switch for Finn because I personally feel like the IC title could be utilized way better on uh on SmackDown Live. Although as far as I'm cons- as far as I know, both the US title and the, and the IC title are both on SmackDown. Unless I'm completely wrong and maybe Shinsuke moved over or whoever holds the U.S. title, I genuinely can't remember right now off the top of my head. Unless they moved over and I didn't realize it, are are just both the IC titles and U.S. titles on fucking SmackDown Live together? I don't know. Either way, I am happy to see Finn Balor on SmackDown. I hope he does way better than he did on Raw. And then we had Charlotte Flair versus Carmella. And it was a pretty good match. I mean, it wasn't anything out of the ordinary in terms of a match between these two. They did a good job. Charlotte would get the victory. But then, uh, Lars Sullivan would once again make hit, make an appearance. But it was confirmed that he's going to be on SmackDown. Lars Sullivan uh, came out, beat the shit out of R-Truth, and then stared down Carmella, who was paralyzed in fear, as the referee just slowly tried to get her out of the ring and get her to safety. And Lars had like an evil look on her face. And it was, it was okay. I mean, but people are already getting sick of this. I know. I mean, this is really the only thing that it seems they have in mind. I feel like right now, Lars Sullivan needs to pick a feud and then just go with it. I feel like just attacking everybody is going to get old really quickly. And for a lot of people, it's already gotten old. So they just need to stick him with a feud, stick him with a segment, and then just go with it for a while. So that way, at least, Lars has something to do except for attacking attacking everybody. But, you know, it's whatever. Um, Becky Lynch, Becky Two Belts, once again, cut another promo and talking how she's going to destroy Lacey Evans. And then we had Ember Moon making her switch over to SmackDown Live. She nicknamed herself the Sheenom, which I was actually cool with. I really enjoyed that um, and wanted to challenge Becky Lynch. And then Bailey got switched over to SmackDown Live, and she announced that she's now a singles competitor, even though beforehand she said, me and Sasha Banks are like one of the best women's tag teams, or like was talking about, we're going to stick together, and then just switches over to SmackDown. 
And then we had the Iconics coming out and just heckling the shit out of all all three of them. Um, But then Paige came out and she was, people were uh, uh, thinking, oh, she's going to announce Absolution. Um, cause Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville came out and then they were like, Oh, I knew, I knew you were going to announce us. And Paige was like, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was going to announce this new tag team that's on SmackDown live. This new women's tag team. It was Asuka and the newly debuting from NXT Kari Sane. And then Kari Sane and Asuka came out and attacked, uh, everybody basically. Now this segment overall was very cluttered and I feel like it was just kind of overbooked. Now, I'm very happy about Asuka and Kari Sane. I feel like it gives Asuka something that she could do, and Kari Sane on the main roster is fucking awesome, and I think having her and Asuka team is a good fi- is a good pairing. I think that they can do some good stuff. This segment overall, though, was filled with way too much shit. We had Becky Lynch, Ember Moon, Bailey, the Iconics, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, Paige, and then it finished with Asuka and Kari Sane. That's way too many fucking people in one segment of a SmackDown Live. So that needed to be cut down drastically. Like, genuinely. It could have easily have just been the Iconics, and then fucking Paige, Sonya Deville, and Mandy, and then Asuka and Kari Sane. That's all you needed. Because this was obviously a mostly women's tag team uh, segment, but they had Bailey, Ember Moon, and Becky Lynch there. For some fucking reason. Becky could have done anything else. She could have just cut her promo. And then just had Bailey show up. Or Ember Moon show up. And then that could have been their own segment. They could have had Bailey versus Ember Moon. But it was way too fucking crowded. It took up way too much time. But at least we got uh, Asuka and Kari saying. That's really the only thing that you can really take out of this segment. And then what it ended up turning into. Was a Teddy Long style tag team match. It was a. Eight-man tag between Bailey, Ember Moon, Asuka, Kari Sane versus the Iconics and Fire and Desire. I assume that's what they call themselves. I just call them Mandy Rose and fucking Sony Deville. Um, the baby faces went over, and it was it was it was okay. I mean, this I I'm not the biggest fan of these multi-man matches that just kind of get thrown together. I understand that SmackDown is two hours. And it's kind of, you needed to make sure you had time for everything that you needed, but I don't know. I don't, I just, I just feel like that this didn't need to be as big as it was. And it definitely took a big toll on the, on the rest of the night. Cause it really started to drag, but thankfully we got into the final match of the night, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods and Kevin Owens versus Rusev, Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro. Uh, Kevin Owens, big O did the whole, don't you dare be sour, did Biggie's job. Um, also earlier in the night, they had him try to eat a shitload of pancakes, which was funny as shit. Um, and this was a lot of fun. Um, I thought seeing Kevin Owens substituting BE was pretty cool. I mean, for some reason, Sheamus wasn't there. Like, again, I don't know why Sheamus wasn't there since it seems like Kofi and the New Day have been feuding with, uh, the bar and Drew McIntyre. I don't know why that was the case, but I guess, I don't know. I mean, they just didn't have him. But Kevin Owens passing pancakes. uh, I mean, Kevin Owens being out there while they threw pancakes was funny. Um, Having uh, Kofi Kingston getting uh, uh, Trouble in Paradise to Rusev and then a stunner from Kevin Owens getting the pin 
was a really good finish, and it was a solid closing match as we led into the final segment of SmackDown Live. We had Vince McMahon announcing the biggest acquisition in SmackDown history. And what it ended up being was Elias. The crowd booed. It was Elias played some heel work. It was it was pretty funny. Um granted, I don't know why they felt the need to make it seem as big as it fucking was. Like people were thinking Brock. As biggest acquisition in SmackDown Live history. People were thinking Brock. Which God no. But I mean that would have been big. It was Elias though, so ha, we trolled you. Da 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 da. And then Roman Reigns comes out and knocks Elias down with a Superman punch. Vince McMahon gets mad, gets in his face, tells him to leave. And then Roman just fucking knocks him to the ground. And then he says, I don't care what he said. SmackDown Live is my yard now. And he also, he then left, came back real quickly to spear Elias, and then that was the closing moment of the show. Now, moving Roman Reigns to SmackDown Live is a big fucking deal. I definitely was not expecting that. I think it was pretty good. Um, and especially since they're moving SmackDown Live to Fox for, uh, for, uh, for the three-hour change and for just the, the the complete different change, having Roman Reigns on there is a big change, and I think it will help for the, the move to Fox. It was really confusing on how this segment was, en- ha- was handled because I don't really understand why you felt the need to be, like, the biggest acquisition in SmackDown Live history. Like, I don't understand necessarily. I, I could, you could have easily have just said Vince McMahon closes out the superstar shakeup with the final shakeup of the, of 2019. You could have easily just said, this is the final shakeup of 2019. Who's it going to be? It is da da da. And then that would have made it seem at least a little bit more like understandable, at least, um, for it, for it to be named the biggest acquisition of SmackDown life history. And then it being trollingly Elias, but then finally being named as Roman Reigns. It's kind of getting scary because that's the kind of shit that people would have booed the fuck out of back before uh, Roman left for his uh, leukemia diagnosis. Like, if if people still didn't know about that whole thing, Roman would have been booed out of the building if it was before that. And again, totally cool with Roman. I have no, I have no, I have nothing against Roman. And I think what he's been doing recently has been really good. But I again say to you, there are still people who hate Roman. And those people who hate Roman will always hate Roman. And the people who hated Roman at first but then started to respect him because of the cancer diagnosis and that he fought it and he's in remission, they can switch back over if you don't handle this right. They can easily just go right back to booing him because once you make somebody hate you, it's really hard to make them like you again. Uh, Chris Jericho made that wonderful statement on the, the YouTube show Hot Ones, which is something that I do really, really like. It's hard to make people hate you, but it's once they start hating you, it's really, really hard to start making them like you. So, I mean, I, I, I hope that we don't continue with this whole Roman Reigns is a god thing. While Roman is great, and I think he's improved dr- drastically, and I think he, he's been doing better than he has in a very long time, 
I don't want this to turn into a thing where Roman once again comes on to SmackDown Live just to Superman the shit out of everybody and then instantly become the WWE champion. If if Roman Reigns is the guy to take off the WWE title off of Kef, off of Kofi Kingston, that could easily be something that got people to boo him. So whatever you do, do not fucking go down that road because that is a road that could ruin all of the fucking fixing that's been going on with Roman Reigns. Like everything that you have done to try to fix Roman Reigns and how Roman Reigns has genuinely gotten back over with the crowd through natural reasoning and through him fighting through his cancer diagnosis and like proven to be a strong motherfucker in that and just being likable on his own without your help, that can all go away in an instinct and making him beat Kofi Kingston for the WWE title, that will make people despise him yet again. So I know, at least I hope that you won't do that. You very well could do that. So don't do that. And that's my final statement as I close out this episode of Pinned, a pro wrestling podcast. Overall, Superstar Shakeup kind of ended weirdly, but was still had some good changes. I think it's going to build towards Money in the Bank. And I want to see at least what Finn will do on SmackDown with the IC title. Seeing AJ on Raw was a great change. Seeing Roman on, on SmackDown was a great change, though handled very weirdly. But I think there's a lot of good changes in the shakeup that can result in some good feuds. So I'm very excited to see where these will go. And also, for the final time, fuck the name Viking Experience. Fuck that shit all the way to hell. I will never accept that. They will be the War Raiders or War Machine, whichever one I feel like. Either one of those are fine. Either one of them. There was no need to change it. Why the fuck did you change it? Whatever. That's going to wrap it up for Pinned, a pro wrestling podcast today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to support us and if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us at Pinned Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow me personally, you can follow me at szoomer4 on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow my co-host, Chad, who wasn't here today, you can follow him at uh, Chatting Tatum one I believe, is what he changed it to because it's such a great Twitter name, isn't it? Isn't it? Doesn't it just make you cringe inside your head? What the fuck, Chad? Jesus Christ, you crazy fucker. Okay, I love you, man. Uh, and if you want to support all of our And More Media friends here, you can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at And More Media Co. Um, and be sure to support all of the And More Media podcasts that we have here for you guys. I think you guys would enjoy the work that everybody here has been doing. And if you want to support Pin to Pro Wrestling Podcasts directly, you can go to anchor.fm slash pin slash uh, support and you can subscribe to us for a monthly donation that would go straight into the show we would be very appreciative for it and we would shout you out every single episode for doing so but in the end that's gonna wrap it up for us today thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys next time fuck the viking experience